Welcome to Success Talks, an exclusive podcast for our Yellow Magazine contributors. Success Talks features life-enhancing interviews with real people in professional roles and small businesses, providing our listeners tools, insights, and thought leadership to help restore life balance and redefine success. Each interview is varied and includes key lessons designed to help you focus your mind, improve productivity, and enable freedom and fulfillment. Enjoy today's episode. While you may have noticed your cost of living has increased in the last few months, have you considered how it could affect your financial security? According to the Office for National Statistics, inflation has increased by 9.4% in the last 12 months to June 2022, and it's rising. While you may have reviewed your budget or other plans to reflect inflation, it's easy to overlook your financial protection. As a result, financial security that may have provided adequate protection for you in a few months might not be the case. We are entering an era that is fueled with financial concern and what better person to help us than Sheres Dadani. Sheres, he is a financial coach from the Financial Academy. He offers one-to-one sessions that are personalized around your lifestyle and puts a plan in place allowing you to become financially free and to live the life you want. Our big question today is what does confirmation bias and how does it impact your financial security? Sheres, welcome to Success Talks. How is life treating you? Hi Tammy, life is treating me well. Um, it's so good to be here talking to you. And um, yeah, it's, it's good at the moment. Things are, things are fine. That is good to hear because um, I'm hearing at the moment lots of uncertainty, lots of anxiety, you know, and I think that's like a combination of lockdowns coming out, the overwhelm of activities, because I'm certainly feeling that, and then heading into financial concern. It's just it's just a lot to take on. So it is nice to hear that you're you're well. Yeah. Um, and I am slightly nervous of what's um many, many people are going to face over the next um, six months, uh, year, eight, 18 months. And um, if I can provide any help, any support um, from my experience and my, my, my thought processes and the way I would approach this, then um, uh, that, that gives me, that gives me uh, great, uh, great pleasure. Mm, it's really good to have you here. Before we start uh, unpicking financial security and inflation, can you tell us a bit about yourself, your childhood, and how did you end up being a financial coach? Okay. Um, so my background was in North London. Um, I was uh, born in the 1960s, middle 60s. So my childhood was the late 60s, right throughout the 1970s. Um, I came from a working class background. Um, my father was a postman and my mother was a dinner lady, cleaner and housewife. And well. we, <laughs> yes, we never had much money. Um, and that you, you could tell from that, the, their occupations, money was very, very tight. Coupled with that, um, they, my father's income, I think, was around probably around five, six thousand pounds, actually which actually was, was uh, a lot of money back in the middle 70s. Um, but 
alongside that period was um, we had a recession, but we also had high inflation. And I remember the number of times a letter came through the post and my mother, my father sitting down, my mother having to write a letter to the bank because the monthly payment had gone up. And we were talking about interest rates in the, in the nine, throughout the 1970s, um, the early right through to the late 70s and early 80s of around about 15 to 18 percent. So you can, you can compared to what we have now. Yeah, that's that's um, um, far, far higher um, on one income to to balance a budget, to feed a family of four, to pay the mortgage and all the bills. You know, it was tight. Money was a tight was tight. So that was my background. It was always a case of, um, you know, you had to go to work. You um, had to um, I, I had many, many jobs, uh, Saturday jobs. Um, after school, um, I was working in a shop, I was shelving uh, a supermarket, I'd done many, many positions. So it was a case of um, having to use the skills and the thought process that I, uh, that I had. Um, education was absolutely key, and we were pushed down the education route to do well. And that really um, was the start for me. I went into chemistry in the early early eighties. Before I before I move on, I just would like to say um, what got me into financial side and the investing. I started my A levels, and there was a chap there, a young chap, uh, a year younger than me on the A level course, who was brilliant. And he was looking at penny shares. Um, uh, this is rather strange when you think of North London uh, at Wilson College of Technology in the early 19, 1981, when you've got a 17, two 17 year olds looking at shares, penny shares, with no, <laughs> with no money of our own, really, or, or very little money. But that really was the start for my investing thought process and ideas. And that's what got me into uh, looking at investment strategies. Well, at least you started. <laughs> There's a lot of people that have the hopes and dreams, but they just don't start. And the key point is, well, start. Start with something that you've got. Start small, create the habit, and eventually those pennies will be pounds. Those pounds will be a lot more. <laughs> and it will compound. Absolutely right. And it's, it's about making sacrifices when you're very young. That you know? is a key point um, because I am somewhat tired of hearing uh, and it's usually fueled by social media people saying that the housing market is really hard to get onto i can't afford it like uh, a poor me mentality whereas when i tried to get my property i had to make sacrifices and i think sacrifice is a key theme for today um, correct me if i'm wrong here but there's a lot that you need to reevaluate, and some things have to be sacrificed and it well, I think the first place is to look at the stuff that you're doing for someone else, like for um, keeping up with the Joneses, that type of uh, work. But once you've got your head around the sacrifice and you accept what it is, then you can move forward towards financial or improve financial health. Yeah. And, you know, it's not so much about how much you earn. It's more about, Tammy, really, I can't stress this too too greatly it's about um an attitude a state of mind it's about grit and determination yes, so in 1990 i finished my master's in it at london university i took a job as a 
uh, programmer analyst in Woking, sorry, working for uh, a company. I don't think they exist anymore. Internet Systems Corporation. I was the worst programmer analyst before I got into engineering. Um, but I bought my first house in 19, September 1990. It was 52,000 pounds. It was a one bedroom starter home, but I saved up 10,000 pounds. So I, I'd saved up uh, all of that three months work. I made sacrifices. I didn't have uh, a car. I used public transport. So, so that saved a bit. I um, saved up from other jobs that I had and I uh, had 10,000. That reduced the mortgage to 42,000. So it made it a kind of affordable in relation to my salary, which was only 12,000 pounds. It doesn't sound very much now, but that's what I, I was on, a thousand pounds a month. It's more about saying, I will get to this point and I will achieve this goal and I've got to make sacrifices. And that, that I can't stress that uh, uh, strongly enough. So that makes sense to you and I, but then what is it that people are afraid of or maybe they lack when it comes to their finances? Um, broadly, three parts to that, I would say. Um, people want everything now. I, I think there is this want everything now. I think you touched on this uh, a few minutes ago. And I think people need to understand that you cannot have everything now. If you have a plan, a, um, a, um, sit down and rationally put a plan together and say, okay, within three years, or five years, I can put, put a monthly amount aside and I can have enough to um, whatever it is, whether it's a car or a house, um, go on that holiday, whatever, that's um, a good thing. Saying that I am going to make, I'm just going to blow everything now and blow my salary out on this and just enjoy life now without a formal plan. And then they actually can uh, criticise uh, other people, society or the government for the situation that we're in. That's not, I don't think that's fair. And I think that personal responsibility is absolutely important. There are factors out, outside of your control, but what's really key is trying to do the best you can, make sacrifice. And I like making lists. I'm absolutely, I write things down all the time. I've got low, I, I, we're diverting slightly. I'm writing a book at the moment and I've got notes I've got to translate into my laptop because I've got to and put them in the right area. Um, but that's something I have to do. But I love writing things down. Writing, write, write it down, put a plan together, write down what your numbers are for monthly, on a six monthly, how much you can put aside to save. And you'll be surprised at the end of a year or two how much you'll have. Um, and that, that makes you feel good. And that gives you an additional incentive to carry on saving and, and to accumulate a large amount to, to put forward to your goal, whether that's buying a house or a car or whatever it is. Yeah, no, I agree. That's when you do lists, I was Sorry, thinking about um, uh, in your list of all the things that are coming out of your account and you may be surprised of what crap you buy. So my biggest problem, and I know it's my problem and I refuse to let go of it, is I like to go out and have a coffee. But if I add up all those coffees, I don't want to add them up. I know it's somewhere near 
60 to 80 pound a month if I wanted to save that money I totally could but I refuse to because I really like going out and having my coffee but it's an example of things just adding up so the McDonald trips you go on the Deliveroo um, orders you place those new trainers that you want because someone's made it trendy on social media there's things that you don't actually need so go through the list and cross off the stuff that you don't need anymore and that will then form your saving plan Absolutely. And I'll just add something to what you just said, Tammy. You not only are saving money by not buying those items, um, the blade cuts both ways. So in other words, or you may have accumulated a huge closet closet full of shoes or dresses or <laughs> um, <laughs> trying to not, find, not, not make this gender biased. Um, uh, <laughs> You, you, you could have antiques or uh, any other pieces of uh, uh, stuff um, in your house. And they are worth, you may not think they're worth much, but putting them online will, uh, and selling them will generate an additional income, which helps you um, um, uh, accumulate that sum through a deposit to hit your goal, whether it's the house or whatever we said. But it's about thinking outside the box. So um, that's one thing I talk about because you, you people will be absolutely surprised. I think I was watching a program where they 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 go through your house and they um, kind of um, say, "Do you really need this, or don't you?" You know, um, life or death. You know, you can survive without that um, uh, that folder uh, of, of stuff. So and they they allocated it and they sold. She, they, they allocated they put the stuff online I don't know whether it was Gumtree or which site online and she generated several thousand pounds I think it was just about three thousand and it was clothes it was shoes it was just things which she thought didn't need were just in the closet in the closet that she'd never ever used she may have used them once and then discard not use them again or sometimes she bought it but never used it at all so things like that uh, could could um, could generate a large amount of income. They also make you feel good. It's reducing your clutter. It's freeing your mind. It's yeah. making you think differently. Mm-hmm. Minimalistic lifestyle. I've just Absolutely. gone through my wardrobe again to clear some stuff out. I do it every year. Uh, sometimes I'm attached to something. I think, yeah, this is the year I'm going to wear it. I'm definitely going to wear this one. And if I haven't worn it in a year, it's, you're gone. <laughs> Time's up. <laughs> That's that's that seriously, that's really, really good. Um I there was something I, I was going to talk about, and that was um a lot of people are have a fear factor. They're frightened about um the future, what the future holds. We've talked about things are going to be very difficult. I'll come on to that. I think that's really important that I do talk a little bit about that and what my approach and what ideas I have to help people with the, with what's waiting. I've heard some more information today um on the energy bills with the cap being raised uh being um raised again in in um October. So and what the estimate for people's energy bills will be but I'll come to that. Um, what, what I would say is people are frightened of the future, but I think it comes down to really comes down to a mindset in terms of um, uh, um, trying to sit down and prioritize what's important to you. I have a friend. He's a, a very young friend. He started as a graduate with a large telecommunications company. And he about six months ago, 
a bit about the beginning of the year, January, February, he bought a brand new electric car. It was a Mercedes Benz and that was 32,000 pounds. Now he never bought the, the car outright for cash. The majority of purchases are, I think it's what's called PCP. So it's one of these, it's, it's basically he pays uh, a lump sum, uh, uh, a monthly amount. And then after um, every month, which I think is about 600 pounds, um, and he, uh, he, he then has the option at the end of three years to buy the car outright or hand the car back to the dealership and get a new car and start and paying on that one. And I asked him really why he did this. And he said, well, I just, I really wanted that because I started a new job and it made me feel good, really great. You know, I had a great salary and everything. And I said, okay. And I did, because we were having a pizza um uh, uh at a place and he then i said to him what about buying a house and you know saving a little bit he said oh yeah i know that can wait i can do that i'm still young and everything and and yes he is in a way but i just i feel that um i think it he it's different for different people but really it's about saying um you want a house you've got to make sacrifices I suggested to him getting a nice car, electric one, maybe uh, part, extract, um, part part used, so second hand, and he could have got one for about 12, 13,000, and that would have saved a lot more, and he could use the additional sum, uh, shortfall, uh, the, um, the amount that he used on the um, electric vehicle to the deposit, and then within three years, he'd have that. So he'd have a nice vehicle still, he'd have that euphoria from getting a new car, new in quotes, but also having a lump sum going to the house, but he chose to go for the, the car. And I think that's a good example of, you know, that's your choice and you want to do that, but... Um, the sacrifice in that scenario is the house, as opposed to blaming other people, oh, I can't get a house because it's, no, no, you sacrifice the house for the car. You absolutely. chose to go for a car at a higher price and there's always a consequence to all of our decisions, good and bad. That's the consequence now. It's actually, you'll take longer to save for your house Absolutely. because you wanted the nicer car. Yeah, he's a great guy. I really, really like him and we get on well. And we, we, we um, but I give him advice, but he- uh, Doesn't listen? Well, um, he did say once you sound, you sound like my mum or my parents or something <laughs> like that. So I shut up, but <laughs> joking aside, um, you know, he is young, he's 22, 23, and, um, but it, it all comes down, as you say, to pr a priority in terms of what you want. Um, you can have it, but you can only spend it once. So you have that choice. So yeah. that, that's fine. Um, one, one other thing I just wanted to talk about was because of the, um, the boring, boring, sad person I am with gray hairs, I listen to radio, the radio a lot, and I listen to um, Radio 4. And um, they have a programme called The Infinite Monkey Cage. I'm, I'm not plugging it, I've just mentioned it because they, it, it's got the, the scientist, astronomer, physicist, Brian Cox, and on, and they were talking on Sunday about, um, the importance of mathematics and numeracy really and 
um, they had two guests on the programme. One was Richard's, uh, David Spiegelhofer. Now, David Spiegelhofer is an eminent statistician. He helped um, um, break down the data during the pandemic and to look at risk in terms of the population and the second wave and in ter terms of actually how it's going to affect us and what we should be doing. Hannah Fry, Professor Hannah Fry, she also makes several programmes, was also there on, on the programme. And they were talking about it. And David Spiegelhofer said numeracy is the most important factor in terms of your um, wealth, in terms of where, where you are in terms of your status on wealth, in terms of being able to afford things, um, new, being numeric is so important. It, 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 purely because it, it, it is ubiquitous. It comes up in every part of society, in every way, in every shape, every form. We talked about mortgages, about cars, the supermarket, we need to buy food. You want to buy something for the right value. Um, when you're buying clothes, um, in every way, shape or form, you want to make sure that you've got um, the right salary for you and you're actually being, you know, um, paid in comparison to the population relative to your position and the wider population and other people. You want to get the best deal for yourself. So the point, the reason I mentioned this, Tammy, is because and Hannah Fry, Dr. Professor Hannah Fry talks about it in the programme, that we lag behind other countries. We lag behind Singapore, we lag behind South Korea and Japan, and many other um, uh, Southeast, Southeast Asian countries. But not just Southeast Asian countries, but also Germany as well. Germany, and I think uh, even the French have the edge, edge over us. And they tend to be... Um, better um, that they're educated, which means that they can uh, get better jobs, they can earn better, uh, larger, better salaries. Um, so not only do they benefit themselves by um, having more money, they can spend more, but also society benefits because they, can, they pay greater taxes. The companies also expect, uh, um, benefit as well. So the point here is the whole, whole of their society benefits. And we as a society need to improve our numeracy. And um, people tend to be turned off by mathematics. Uh, um, they think it's too difficult. They think it's boring. Uh, it's not something that's cool, cool, especially with young people. Um, we need to change that mindset because it's so important, not just for the individuals, but for all of us as a society. Skill for life, like just swimming, that's a skill Absolutely. for life. Financial awareness, that's a skill for life. Absolutely. And it will solve so many of our biggest problems had we been given the opportunity when I was in school, it wasn't an option to have, we had maths, of course, uh, but when it comes to like financial, personal finances, that's a completely different ball game. And I wasn't taught um, uh, how to be aware and uh, savvy with my money. I had to learn that as an adult, but good news, I have heard many other organizations who are purpose-built to help schools have that conversation. So it is changing now, but we're, we're going to see the biggest impact probably in 10, 20 years time, but we're in a difficult time right now. So it's going to be interesting how that plays out. Yeah, 
um, when you hear data that says something, uh, I, I heard this uh, about a year or so ago, uh, a couple of years ago, the um, half the population of the UK do not have a hundred pounds in savings. They have less than a hundred pounds saved up. Uh, I heard today on uh, the Financial Times, it's on their website, um, they've now revised the energy, uh, what everyone will be hit, on average will be hit by come the next uh, price cap review, which will be in October. Fourth, they expect energy bills on average to be £4,420. Now, the government is going a large way to try to help people. And obviously, got, you've got the the um um that they're looking at the new leader now but but um this is going to be a huge shock to people especially as we enter winter just coming off a pandemic um the poorest will be hit the hardest when you when you when you have someone on twelve thousand pounds a year a thousand pounds a month um they've got to pay their rent and mortgage They've got to pay for their electric and gas. They've got to buy their food. They've got to pay their petrol, diesel. That does not leave a large amount. So they're, they're now currently working uh, how they can, looking at how they can help the poorest in society, which, of course, the right, is the right thing to do. But this is in relation to what we're talking about. And what, I, what I'm part of what I do is helping people to plan ahead. You can't just... It's, you don't just do this overnight and say, right, the bills are coming uh, the next morning. I'll wake up and uh, I'll solve it. It doesn't work that way. It needs a long term plan. In 2017, I helped my mother with um, uh, look for uh, an, um, uh, a, a, a low cost energy provider five years ago. So she, I'm not going to mention which one it is. They're all there. You can look at people can look at them. But that saved her, um, I think because she had to give authority, the, the girl on the phone, based on your current consumption, she said, you will save £290 a year. I think that figure will be lot, far larger now. If you can get someone, be prepared to take you on board. But the point here is, is that looking for savings, always planning, always thinking ahead is absolutely key. Um, that's really important. This is what I'd em emphasise, not just to young people, but to everyone. Planning ahead, doing a little budget, writing it down getting that calculator and trying to plan out your budget over the next six months and seeing seeing what you're, what's coming in and what's going out. And if the two don't add up or they're near the edge, how can you try to make them? We talked about one way of selling things online. It's now, it's now becoming a trend thing. Lots of people selling things online. Um, but there are other ways, of course, getting a second job, um, yeah, um, th th there are other, other ways to do it. But it's, it's something that I offer uh, to help people plan and budget for the future. Yeah, getting expert support. Um, I wanted to ask, because in your article, you reference about confirmation bias. And I never uh, really thought about how that plays into your finances. And you hit like the nail on the head. Can you explain to the people listening, how does confirmational bias affect your financial security? Okay, so... Let's talk about what confirmation bias is. Okay, so let's say that I am, and I don't, and I'm not, um, in a casino, and I'm at the roulette table. I, I really, before I go any further, this is just an example, a very good example, because it, it illustrates the point. But I'm not, I, I, in fact, I don't 
I'd rather people did not go to the casino. Um, so I just say this as an example. I don't go and I do not go, but it's, it's, it, it hits the point and it illustrates it very well. Okay, so I'm at the roulette wheel and um, I, I make a bet and I put it on going uh, to come up on red. Okay, it doesn't matter what, whatever red is. I just put it on to come up on red. The, the roulette spins and it, it comes up on green. Okay, so the next time I think to myself, well, okay, it's come up on green. I'm still going to stick with red. So, so now um, the roulette is spun and it comes up with green. Now it's come up twice with green and I want red. And I'm going to say, well, I think because I've had two reds in a row, it's more likely to come up with green. Sorry, with red. Um, so I, I, I've lost two lots of I've lost two lots now. I put my money again on red, and the roulette wheel is spun, and it comes up with green. So the gambler's fallacy, in a nutshell, is a mindset that says because it has come up with green successively, but I want red, it's more likely to come up with red the next time. And of course, that is, that is not true. And it's basically our brain saying, our brain saying, uh, uh, playing a trick that says, um, it, it, I'm seeing a pattern here and therefore it must break and therefore it's on my side the next time. It's a completely random event. Um, assuming the, the casino, which they are, they're not allowed to have a bias, so it's going into a green. It's an independent set of events. It's a probability derived event. You have an equal chance of going either on the green or on the red. Okay, so that's what confirmation bias is. My brain is telling me I am going to have uh, red the next time greater. Uh, and of course, um, even though I've had three sets of, of green. Now, in relation to, um, sorry, I, I want to, you, you asked me it was in relation to. Yeah, so I wanted to know how does confirmation bias affect, um, affect your financial situation? Yeah, okay. So this is really good. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about this with the other part I haven't talked about, and that is with um, investing. So let's say that, so I, 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 I invest in the stock market. And um, let's say that I have a share and I think that the share, it, a recession is coming, it's going to be imminent, I think, but the share has dropped because people are selling it. So let's say it was Barclays Bank and Barclays Bank has um, dropped by um, 12 pence. So um it's now at say 140 um and signs are going towards a negative they are um we've got a reset we've got the recession they've actually bank of england andrew bailey has said we're looking at a recession uh, over the next six months to a year um we have energy prices rising we have um uh coming off the pandemic inflation is rising interest rates will rise. So what do I think is going to happen? My brain says, I think the share price is going to fall. But what I don't realise, maybe, possibly Tammy, is that the market has already discounted 
discounted the fact that all of this bad news is already in the share price. So in other words, I'm thinking that, no, it's got to fall. It's got to fall because bad news is along the way. But there could be other factors. Maybe the oil price will reduce, which it's starting to do. That will make it more cheaper, which will encourage businesses to invest. And therefore, the need for inflation to go, um, interest rates to rise to control inflation won't happen. So they will go down a bit. So, you know, it's all about saying, I think definitely something is going to happen and it may not happen. You've got to stand back and reassess the situation and wait. If I could give some advice to people, it would be don't dive in, don't jump in. Often wait, sleep overnight if you can, don't make an instant decision. Wait, think about it, and then once you've done the due diligence, you thought about it, then make the decision. I would go one step further, and my one key advice would be work with an expert. Because <laughs> if it's not your skill set, speak to someone else who understands it that could um, guide you in the right direction. Yeah. I've made lots of mistakes, Tammy, and I'll be honest with you. Oh, you me too. We've, and I still will make mistakes. It's just no. the way of life. It's just a choice whether you want to learn from that mistake or not. That's right. That's right. Uh, you, you, you become a better rounded person. It's all about the university of life. Um, I've got two daughters and they, one of them, one of them, um, one of them thinks she could be in charge of the world and uh, kind of like is... Uh, I like her style. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, yes. The other one is more um, apprehensive, more introvert. And she's always ringing me up saying, you know, what do you think about this, Dad? And uh, what's your view on this? And that makes me feel good. And I, and I can give her um, um, unopinionated, straight advice. And she, she knows that and she respects that. So if you can get advice from someone, whether it's a relative or someone you can trust, that's priceless, really is. Yeah, I agree. So you've already given us the one key advice. Is there anything else that you would like to say that summarizes everything that we've talked about today? Three things, um, if I can just break it up into three parts. Um, Success is not about academic qualifications more. It's more about grit and determination. So if you really want to achieve something and get onto that course, pursue that career, it's about um, saying, I will do that, I will get in. When I joined Ford as a graduate in 1992, um, I was up against some of the top people, the best people in, in the country at that time. My part, we were partnered, I was in product development and my partner, who's now an operations director at a company in Manchester, was from Oxford. He got a first in engineering. So you're up against very good people. Don't let that um, throw you. Don't let that put you in awe. Don't let that, don't, don't feel that you are not as good as them. You are as good. It's, it's more about your mental, mental confidence, determination to say, I will succeed. I can do this. That's the first thing. The second thing I would say is um, don't be afraid to listen to what other people have to say and do your background research. Don't dive in. And I'm, I'm not just talking about this from a financial perspective. I'm talking about this from a broader uh, life, life skills type thing. 
um, talk to people, especially when it's uh, something very important. Um, job, relationships, it's always important to hear what someone has to say. You don't necessarily have to do what they say, but important to hear. Then you then you can form your, your own uh, opinion and make your own decision. But get, all, get as much information you can. So the third thing I would say is... Um, um, don't be afraid to um, ask. And this really is more for young people. People, and I was frightened because you're not confident and you think you're going to ask a stupid question. People don't need to ask maybe so much because everything's on their phone. The world is there. They, can, they now can, 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 can type it all in. But seriously, um, talk to people about things and ask, really. I think that really helps. Um, I say that I listen to radio and I, uh, there was a program on Radio 5. It was a chap called Mo Bean. It was on television last night. That's right. I think it was on Ray, uh, BBC Three and it was about scams. And there was this chap, who, young chap, who was handing out money in the town square. I can't remember where. Uh, he was handing out money, £10 notes and £20 notes. It then got into the local paper. Um, it then went up a grade and one of the, the national papers started to get it. And they said, look, this man has done so well, he has to give away money. And before you know it, he gave his website and suddenly he was getting hundreds and thousands of calls to him. Um, he was then saying, I can make you lots of money because I've got lots of money and you can be like me. And uh, trust me, it's a great, you could be rich. And of course, uh, what was happening, sadly, was he was taking their money and kind of, uh, dis yeah, disappearing, really sad. And um, it's all prof profiled on the BBC, something about, it was on nine o'clock BBC scammers. And the, there were two people interviewed there who had been scammed. And we're talking about sums of the order of £17,000, which is a lot of money to a young person. They you wanted that money to, for their house, but they wanted to make more money so they have a larger deposit. And now it's all gone. Mm -hmm. So it's really sad. So um, in the world that we live in, the third point I would say is be very careful. We've all talked about the positive, but be very, very careful. If, if, you, if you go by your instincts, I was told, years, many, many years ago, if you tend to think something isn't right, doesn't sound right, doesn't look right, it probably isn't right. Um, walk away. Be prepared to walk away. They are fantastic. What a great way to summarise. Uh, do you have any services or products available to help the listeners to go to yellow? Absolutely, we do. Um, so I offer a service to help people put a budget together um, around their current income. We, we show them how to generate additional forms of income and how to save. We put a, a saving plans together to achieve the goals that they want to. That's part of the financial freedom package. Uh, in addition to that, we have a separate um, uh, um, unit that deals with investing. So once you've accumulated a certain amount, you want to invest it to get a better return. This is all about the long term. So I show you the techniques that I have used. I won't talk about them now, 
because obviously we um, I, I talk about them in more detail with the individuals, but I show you the techniques that I have used to become financially free. And you can use those same techniques. I'll show you the, I'll build a portfolio for you, show you the stru structure of it and look at the strategies. It's actually not that difficult, but I show you how I did it and for, for you. Fantastic. How can the My, listeners get in touch with you? Financial Academy. Um, I think if you can post the uh, details of those links, um, Tammy, uh, they can get in contact with me uh, via those um, links and platforms. Brilliant. Shress is available to support you, guide you, and inspire you on a journey to yellow. Reach out today. Help is here. It's always here. But you must take the first step. Details can be found in the description. Shress, thank you for your words of wisdom today and in the Yellow Magazine. May thank your you. life be yellow. <laughs> thank you very much, Tammy, for having me. I've really enjoyed today um, chatting to you. It's been really great. And um, um, I wish the best for the listeners. And uh, thank you again very much. I've enjoyed it. It's been great.